Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. Hi, it's Neville McKenzie on the Asia Tech Podcast. And today I have my guest is Jerry Chen. So hi, Jerry. Can you just introduce yourself? Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I'm the co-founder and director for Express in Music and uh, our subsidiary Express uh, Melody. So in a basic uh, nutshell, what we do, we do um, audio branding psychology. So we look to the music science and technology whereby we pipe in background music for clients in the FMB, retail and hotel uh, verticals. So Jerry, um, how did you get into this? Well, we actually evolved along the way. So we started out as a music crowdsourcing site uh, many years ago for couples who love to get their story and their journey together into a love song. It didn't work out very well because uh, needs versus one. They want to have a love song to be uh, composed specially about them, but uh, they don't need it. Why, why didn't they need it? It's too costly. Oh, costly. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we, we, we got uh, into the first uh, press uh, coverage uh, right after that. Uh, there were a few advertisement companies and uh, uh, TVC commercial uh, parties that came to us and said that they have a problem. The problem is that whenever they present the music pieces, the jingles or the commercial music to the customers for their radio, TV, cinema ads, the clients may not really like that particular music direction. So what uh, they felt that music is an art, art is very subjective. Therefore, if they have a crowdsource, a lease of music specially customized for that advertisement, that would actually... Uh, be a lot more uh, productive because the clients will then have a lease to choose from. But we have a problem again. The problem for the business model is that at one point of time, this month, I could get maybe tens of thousands of uh, revenue, for example. But the next two, three months, I will be flat. Yeah. I could be zero. I will have to constantly find uh, new customers, new projects, and it's it's quite a tedious uh, uh round of uh, finding such new projects especially for 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 jingles and and tv commercial music so we look at the market and we saw diesel spotify kkbox coming in at that point of time for the b2c uh, consumer market and we thought we can't possibly fight with them because we don't have the deep financial pockets and therefore, we look at the blue ocean strategy and we take the route of the B2B segment because learning from the first business failure uh, concept, uh, B2B actually needs to have music. They do not want to have music. They need to have the music, the right music, to have the right control of the ambience so that people will come back again and again. And this is uh, in line uh, with the experience that they want to provide to their customers. So at the end of the day, we adopted the B2B music concept. And so where were you getting your music from? Well, we get our music from independent original labor. So our library of music does not contain, at this point of time, your typical Lady Gaga, Justin Bieber, uh, Rihanna songs. No such popular music at so all. So they're local musicians? 
Oh. Unfortunately, not a lot of Singaporean oh. musicians, musicians involved. Oh, so it's a worldwide... Yes, yeah. it's typically from everywhere in the world, yeah. except uh, Southeast Asia. Okay, so yeah. can you give me an example of, would it be Europe or US? It's very much uh, spread out. It's very much spread out between Europe, the US, it can be from Brazil, Argentina, Africa, to to uh, uh, Middle East. We, we got a lot of submissions from, from all over the world, literally all over the world. Yeah. So roughly, roughly how many musicians? We have approximately 60,000 over. 60,000 musicians. Artists, yeah. Worldwide. Yes, worldwide. And they're not the sort of easily recognized names. They are definitely not recognizable uh, names. Uh, they are uh, contributing to the uh, library a few hundreds of thousands of songs. Really. Okay, so they're musicians worldwide contributing to your library. So how did what's in it for them? There are two areas that uh, we pitch to the musicians. The first thing that we actually bring to them on the table is you put yourself in the shoes of a musician and a, and a composer. You try pitching this, you know, hey, McDonald's, hey, KFC, put my music in your store. I don't think a commercial B2B client will actually even uh, uh, hear you out to pitch the music to them at all. So we are able to let the commercial B2B uh, parties recognize their music, bring their music uh, to the public, to the audiences out there, and able to to broadcast it in a commercial uh, recognizable platform out there. Uh, secondly, they will be able to track their music royalties and get uh, the music royalties at the end of the day. Yeah, and they are able to see it every 24 hours refreshed. Uh, how many play counts, and every quarter they know how many uh, uh, play streams that they have, and they are able to get the money at the end of every uh, calendar quarter. So every three months they're collecting. Yes. So they actually see their money um, increasing if they're being played, and they get direct feedback on that. Yeah. Yeah. And and you will I mean as a music uh, label or or, or as, as a music company I mean there's lots of uh, the independent the smaller ones that are already around you you can see what the market is uh, uh, after you we are not typically the radio hits or popular music these are what we look into for the indie original music and we are offering this segment of musicians uh, opportunity as compared to what we see out there that is using your cover songs, your popular songs, very often, very frequently. So they're all originals? All originals. And they get paid know. regularly. Mm -hmm. The musicians get paid regularly. Mm -hmm. um, so what's in it for the, your clients? What do they get out of it? So the clients have a lot uh, to gain uh, from this. Uh, first and foremost, we are not just a music licensing uh, platform, but since we talk about that, we will move from there. Uh, music licensing uh, wise, you do not want to play your typical Rihanna, Lady Gaga, Katy Perry songs because your competitors or even the typical retailers or FMB out there is already playing that. And one thing that I don't understand till today is why should you play popular songs? Just because you're following uh, the rest? Is that a hurt 
mentality, just like the elephants following one another? Or are you coming up with an ambient or an experience that you want to portray that particular brand image to your targeted audience? So we want it to be unique and different and therefore only independent and original songs is able to create that and not put that uh, my frame or, or, or put in a mindset that, hey, you know, this is another typical retail F&B outlet. Yeah, because the popular songs are all over. It's, it's, it's too common. So we offer a unique experience in that sense. And uh, secondly, as uh, mentioned earlier about the independent original songs, one thing very special in regards to the IP, intellectual property, is that our license is a non-collective management organization uh, related. So you do not have to pay your typical uh, compass uh, in Singapore, for example, or equivalent to the United States, uh, SCAP, BMI, SISAC, you do not have to pay all this uh, composing uh, uh, rights because we pay and liaise directly with the uh, music labels or the musicians, composers themselves and we pay them directly without going through a middleman. So if I was a musician, I would get paid X amount of dollars or pounds directly to me if I'd written the song or composed the song. Yes, correct. And you're able to track it. And the thing about what is present is that as an independent original uh, musician is that you don't have accountability. I mean, when your tracks are being played in the stores via your MP3 player or, or online streaming gadget or anything else, any device, you are unable to track it on. Not even the CMOs in the world, any one of them is able to track it. They don't have the platform. They do not have the... Uh, technology and commercial arm to push this and uh, entire framework forward. So, how would you describe yourself? Would you describe yourself as a record label, or because um, it seems to me that you're you're you've got a group of artists or musicians working for you, and then you've collected them together. Uh, to me, that would seem like a record. Can correct me if I'm wrong. So far, we have been uh, uh, talking about you know on the music or musician uh, point of view. But uh, we do not pitch it at that angle very much. It's actually very rare that I started off talking about it on, on the music side of things. Oh, so how would you describe it? Because oh. uh, if we don't have the demand from the commercial B2B arm, we, we will not be able to supply the musicians, which is the suppliers, the uh, much-needed royalties as well as recognition and the opportunity to be aired in commercial uh, markets. So where we uh, present uh, to the customers, uh, to the F&B retailers' hotels, we let them know that uh, first and foremost, they have a few challenges. So one of the challenges is actually management control. If you were to let the frontline staff, let's say uh, the captain of, uh, or even any of the crew member of an F&B outlet to play whatever music that they want, like one of our clients uh, that is a very popular uh, sushi shop. They sell sushi and they played uh, Korean pop. So as you're having your Japanese uh, food and such, you are actually listening to Korean pop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's one issue of management and control of music. This, the second example I give to you is uh, in Singapore, there's this uh, famous celebrity, Gamik Singh. 
Yeah. His daughter actually uh, came up with one of uh, social media, I think, or a blog post many years ago about an offensive uh, lyrical song for one of the big uh, retailer chain in Orchard uh, Road Stretch. And that's where you let your staff control the music and manage it. And it's very subjective as a staff. Yeah. I like to have this song because I like Justin Bieber or Katy Perry. I put Justin Bieber, Katy Perry songs. But is it towards an objective alignment of your brand or is it subjective because that person like it? Yeah. So the management of the music comes uh, into control when we help the customer manage it in a very objective uh, manner. Second challenge that they have is the licensing control. You can fire your staff if they were to mismanage or illegally download or whatsoever. But what about the legal damages that you're going to incur besides the uh, PR damages from there? So that's how we are able to mitigate uh, the licensing factor for you. And thirdly, it comes with the independent original artist that makes you stand out and really go through an experience rather than just following the norm, the herd mentality. Yeah, uh, and one of the last few pointers is the uh, area of uh, logistics where you put in uh, F&B promotion messages or retail, buy one, get one free advertisement. You don't have to distribute CDs or MP3 players anymore. And I think CDs is, is literally phased out in, in today's society. And the logistics to, to this is actually quite tough because you cannot make it real time. If you want to have a promotion, just slot in your message and literally all across the country or even the world, regionally, anywhere, you will have the promotion being spread out very evenly. Last but not least, you are able to uh, look into the uh, <clears throat> branding of music psychology. What type of science behind the audio is able to bring about uh, uh, the desired uh, outcome and objective of what the commercial entity wish to achieve. Examples, perceived uh, waiting time, that's to be shorter using sound psychology. How are we able to create the brand recall through uh, increased frequency of a jingle? Or how do we have uh, increased probability of a sale where we have a uh, certain type of voice over messages and even looking into a higher turnover rate of tables. Okay, that's yeah. good. Now you, you, it's interesting that you mentioned the psychology um, because we're, I think most people are aware that music affects our mood. So how do you measure that? How do you, how do you connect the sales of a particular product um, to what was being played at the time? Is it possible to do that? Yes, in fact, uh, in uh, one of uh, our many research that we have done together with uh, our company in uh, Japan, uh, they have uh, done a research uh, over a two-week uh, period. Let's say this uh, brand, we wouldn't name who is it, but it's an X brand. So X brand sells uh, a popular line of uh, bakery uh, uh, shop some of the good breads out there, such like that, they actually have 50% of the shops at random playing specialized music with voiceover and jingles and customized playlists. The other ones, normal popular tracks, they, they, they typically 
just take it off the uh, top 20 charts. People go into a bread shop, a bakery shop, I mean, in just a minute or two, knowing what they probably want to buy already. So within a two-week period, it was accorded and proven that the sales went up by more than 20% just by having audio branding strategy involved. Another example that we can showcase is a, a bank in which they use a specialized music and they have a perceived uh, waiting time of uh, seven minutes from the second or third person in, in, in the line waiting. But uh, with customized music, they thought that they waited for three and a half, music, uh, three and a half minutes. So that is 50% reduction of perceived Perceive. waiting time. Actual waiting time? Five minutes. So the perceived waiting time was actually before the customized music was more than the actual waiting time. When we look into the customized audio branding strategy, it was actually way below the actual waiting time. And there are more examples from looking at crime rates, looking at how the terms of, of, of the crime probability of people wanting to commit a crime or, or looking at vandalism. So this has been commissioned uh, before and proven using statistics and numbers. So who selects the music? I mean, because there must be a point at where somebody actually says, right, we're going to play this now and then this. How is that selection decided? We have, at this point of time, um, uh, I would say like a trade secret. There are seven uh, elements uh, from beats per minute as one of the most basic and uh, widely known, uh, your BPM. And then look at the tempo. We look at the style of music, the genre itself, and many other elements. It's like, Cooking up a dish, you know, your Singapore dish, your char kway teow, or your Thai dish, but Thai, and things like that. The dish is just that, but it is the chef who actually whip up the dish and putting in the right uh, ingredients and the right amount and the heat, the fire, the wok, and things like that, that is able to come up with the right uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, objective to, to have a tasty uh playlists out there at the end of the, to achieve the objective because we have a total of uh, seven elements so it's actually a uh, formula like a plus b plus c plus d equals to and how did you come across this formula there are scientific backgrounds uh, to this yeah. <laughs> yeah so there are some scientists uh, that, that we have uh, worked with some professors and we are also looking at a 2.0 uh, phase at this point of time enhancing through uh, machine learning, uh, artificial intelligence involved. So this is already underway at this point of time. And we are looking to schedule this uh, rollout by next year, 2019, which is very soon. So yeah. so if you're using this music, do does, does anyone question its use? Because I know in the piped music, some people say it's, it's sort, of, sort of like a brainwashing to use a... More crude term. Um, supplemental messages? Yeah, supplemental, okay. yeah. So that's is, the, uh, the most common uh, misconception that I, I, I get. The thing is, if, if I really have that uh, ability to, uh, I would probably be a billionaire right, right now. So and how I, would you do that? Yeah, <laughs> it's actually a rumor. It's yeah. a myth. Uh, you, you can't actually put uh, supplemental messages uh, uh, in such a manner for background music. Even if it is a truth to a certain extent, you need to be exposed uh, by uh, 
<clears throat> a certain type of frequency wave and uh, at least 10 minutes of uh, hearing exposure. But uh, having said that, what uh, music can do for commercial B2B arm um, for retail F&B hotels is that they can increase the chance or probability through the feeling, yeah. the experience that you inject at the end of the day. So that is what uh, we are able to uh, bring to the table, a brand recall. So we increase that uh, opportunity or the uh, probability for them to incur extra revenue spending. Let's say at this point of time, different uh, time slots from a peak period to a non-peak, weekends, weekdays, different demographics come into a particular shop and different target audience are present at different time of the day from students, family, old, older generation or the younger generation. So this also plays a part. So we have a technology where you schedule different time slot of the day, playing different music for different target audience to derive different objective. Peak period, lunchtime, 11.45am to 1.45. That's where your turnover rate of tables needs to be faster. So very simple psychology, uh, music psychology tip is to have uh, repeat songs yeah. more often. So subconsciously, even if it's an independent original song, which actually works better, you think, that, hey, you know, subconsciously you think that you stayed for a long time because this, this, this track has repeated itself once or twice. So that could actually influence your decision to wrap up and get out so that the customers, the new customers, the new batch of line can move. So that would be, say, in a restaurant. Yeah. You do some of that then. Yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of uh, areas from F&B to retail that we can we can work on. And to bring customers, one of the uh, shops that uh, engage us is to bring customers back on the weekends because it was in the uh, uh, business district area. And people don't go there during weekends at all. So there's promotions that they advertise during uh, weekdays and there's jingle that have a very uh, catchy uh, recall so that there is an increased uh, probability of people going back with their families during the Saturdays and Sundays. And that's proven with a 22% increase okay. in sales, yeah. which is actually not bad. Almost a quarter percentage yeah, okay. of revenue. Yeah. So let's uh, switch to more personal issues now with you as an entrepreneur. Right. Um, why did you choose this business? Why did I choose this business? Uh, firstly, I, I, I left my first and only job. And What was uh, that? It was in the events marketing line. Yeah. And I was flipping through the newspaper where I saw that this uh, guy he mentioned in the media interview that as an original music composer, as a musician, only his wife appreciates the song. I was thinking, that's true because musicians typically do not know how to promote and do not have the capacity in terms of the scalability to push it out to the B2B or even to any commercial uh, markets as effectively as what we can do. So as a sales and marketing person, I think I can do this role for them better. And that's where we formulate the uh, music business. And uh, I have a, a passion for psychology in particular. So putting my love uh, for music and putting uh, my passion for psychology, I merge the two together and enhance it with technology 
to roll out to the commercial market. So where did the passion for psychology come from? Since young, since I was a kid, because of my uh, uh, my mum. Can you take us through that? Tell us the story. She's she's very much uh, my my mother is very much uh, a, a volunteer, a social worker. So when I was a small little kid, uh, she brought us out to uh, visit. Uh, the less uh, privilege, and then uh, did some counseling, have a lot of uh, interaction, and and she actually uh, brought us through. Uh, I mean, me and my brother uh, brought us through this journey, where we uh, get in touch and get in sync uh, with 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 uh, the psychology part of how we can. Uh, heal people and music is a form of healing as well so this is uh, how I got very interested in how the human mind works and through a lot of interactions uh, in in this uh, field that I take along with my mom I get to see that actually you know humans are very irrational same as consumer behavior why did you buy this thing when you don't even need it yeah it's not practical yeah so Gradually, my interest from there grew in how the human mind works and how music as a form of experience. I mean, there's a lot of senses that is being activated from sound to scent, you know, sense of smell, marketing. All this actually plays a very important trigger uh, role for the condition uh, to, to, to be present and, and what it can do to the uh, consumer minds like why did I buy why did I want to go there again so did you have any formal training in psychology I would say uh, in a very basic uh, manner I, I, it's a lot of uh, self-study I did uh, enrolled myself in, uh, in in that field yeah with the support of my mom again yeah yeah yeah. so so uh, I did study into that and then we actually got a number of uh, support uh, from fellow uh, scientists and uh, professors in those fields. So when you say you did self-study, can you just explain what you did? Oh, I got uh, myself uh, a, a very basic qualification in that. What yeah. was what qualification was that? In uh, psychology. Yeah, w- yeah, what level? Oh, it was just a specialist uh, diploma. Yeah, okay. Right. So and you did that on your own in your own in your own time. So. Yeah, that was those were the very early days. Yeah, and after that, we we actually go uh, or rather myself a lot deeper into the uh, music uh, science psychology behind uh, how actually music helps aids or influence uh, our mind. So that was was that yeah. before you started the business, or that was in the course. Yeah, but was it before you started the business or was it after? Um, after? Oh, so you had the idea to start the business and then you went and did... Yeah, but anyway, study. the interest is, is still very much yeah. in that direction. Yeah, I was just trying to get the the, mm. the route that you took as an entrepreneur. Mm. So you, 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 you had an interest, mm. you had a business idea, and then you looked to gain a more in-depth knowledge and level of skill mm. um, that would help you to create the business right is that right okay yeah. so once you once the business is growing um or once you've started the business how do you make the business grow how do you take it to the next step um 
at this point of time for the past uh, few years, two, three years, we have been expanding uh, overseas and we are looking to put ourselves in the position as the go-to vendor, as a solution partner for background uh, music as well as uh, experiential uh, marketing from uh, smell, sound marketing, sound and, and all sorts in the area <clears throat> for Southeast Asia market. At this point of time, we're in all except Laos and Brunei. And we're exploring uh, Asia Pack for Hong Kong and the Taiwan market. So how are you growing? Are you looking for funding or are you growing um, organically? Uh, funding, we already have a VC uh, quite a number of years ago. And we subsequently have a competitor that invested in us. Oh, so it was a yeah. good collaborative uh, partner. They are the biggest uh, in Japan and one of the largest in the world for background uh, piping music. So when you say competitor, were they were they um, based in Southeast Asia or were they just in purely Japan. in Japan? Yes. And they saw what you were doing and thought, well, rather than compete with you, we'll work with you. Yes, correct. Yeah. And we love this such a collaborative nature. Um, in my own business point of view, um, I don't really see competitors as like, you know, you are my enemy, you're my rival. I truly believe that partnership and collaboration can actually move us forward uh, in a greater force. It's literally like the formula of F equals to MA, mass time acceleration. We go together, grow as a bigger mass. We speed up together. We will have a bigger impact and a force towards the market because in the market right now, music is free in their view and uh, music is important but not important at the same time when you say free what do you mean by free the concept in most uh, executives or managers or bosses that we spoke to they think isn't music free why, why should i even pay for licensing why should i even pay for platform I know it's important, you know, as part of my ambience, as part of an experience to my target market. But why should I pay for that purpose? You know, yeah. So without naming any names, how high up does this go in terms of business size? It would be multinationals or nationals or small? It's, it's a good mix. It's a good mix. So across the board? Across the board. At the highest levels, they believe that the music is free? Yes, it's across the world because it's the people that we deal with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, they don't think on an MNC level or, or even a small retail or local FME level. They they are still beings. So we are all irrational and uh, and uh, the human mind is very difficult to uh, frame up. Okay. So it looks like we're running out of time. Um, is there anything you want to add? Like, how can anyone find get in touch with you? Um, well, uh, our website is at expressmelody.com. Uh, we strongly advocate for uh, good uh, sound ambience and experiential marketing so as to enhance the experience offline because there are a lot of talks about online, e-commerce space, m-commerce space as the trend. But the only age that we have for offline uh, retailers, F&B, hotels. It's all about the experience and the feeling. And feeling is so unquantifiable. You cannot put a, a, a number to it. 
how do you feel right now? How how upset or how happy you are? What is the number to it? You, you can't put that. So at the end of the day, it is how this simple sound psychology or even sound marketing is able to bring forward uh, the experience that they want to come back again. They want to buy and there are trigger points and conditions for them uh, that they say, hey, yeah, I would like to go back again and I remember this brand. I like the experience. People forget what you say to them or what 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 you bring across the table, what's, what's the thing that you presented, but I'll never forget how you make them feel. Okay, so on that note, um, we'll end. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Jerry. Thank you very much for having yeah. me today. Thank you. Thanks. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.